A new daily fantasy app for prop bets is here, and it's called Thrive Fantasy. Forget the old school way of DFS. Thrive Fantasy has streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top tier athletes. That means no more salary cap. You just build your lineup around a list of prop bets. Here's how it works. For each contest, you choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that value if the prop is correct. So for example, if Tom Brady throws for over or under 250 yards, the less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth. You build your team, score around the amount of correct prop bets you select. It's easy to play, so just check out the Thrive Fantasy link in the description of this podcast and get in the game with Thrive Fantasy today. From the Gotham Podcast Studio, it's episode 79 of the Ain't Hard to Tell Podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here is Brian headphones not good enough for you i gotta lower you because you're kind of uh, loud that's usually you <laughs> that's usually not the way things go it's usually you are the loud one yeah in fact last night brian and i we were at, at a spot uh in the city oh you're gonna you're gonna brian use this was, against me now no no no. I'm, I'm, we're not gonna talk more details about this because that's not for everybody but <laughs> brian was uh it's not <laughs> all you're laughing is not true. that's true um brian was extra loud and he had to go home and drink as quote to him some uh crappy tea yeah so yeah, sorry it, to do that. It was pretty bad. Why? Um, why aren't you drinking better tea? <laughs> that was a valid question. Yeah, why? I, I was looking for because a lot of the stuff that I have at the crib was like you know for other parts like you know kidney stuff and things like uh, that. So I was like, I'm not gonna drink that. So I just drank. A, I don't even know what flavor it was, but it was red and green, and it was yeah. That it, concerns me. It was uh, it, it worked. My voice is fine today. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. No, but last night you know I had to raise my voice a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> oh. Now to be clear, all this raising of the voice was about some NBA playoff discussion, which we are going to get into on this podcast. Yeah, I wasn't yelling, but we were just in a room where it's like, yo, I can't talk at this voice, and you. No, be able you to couldn't, hear and I should have been to. Full disclosure on it, it was in a pretty loud place where yeah. there were TVs and the games are on, and people are, are you know socializing. Everybody's socializing. Yeah. So. It was that kind of place. Yeah. So I can't, you know, knock you for that. Yeah. But he's normally loud people. <laughs> that, is, I don't know about that. This, this is, this is might, what he does. I might disagree with that. But what we were doing was watching the Rockets lose to the Warriors. Yes. Um. And, yeah, uh, I have some thoughts on that. I know you do as well. Well, well, here's, here's the thing. I remember um, – so I, I left the establishment. You, you, and the group we were with finished watching that establishment. But when what, what, it was an establishment, it's an establishment. I know, I know. I just yeah. didn't expect that word to fly off, you know, so soon in the in the proceedings today. Okay, <laughs> can't say establishment <laughs> on the podcast. Um, I left, and when I was watching the game on my subway ride home, the thing I think at one point because um, I was underground and came above ground, and I was able to watch, and it was halftime. And I saw the kind of how the game was going. Halftime, tie game, mm-hmm. and Steph hadn't scored. Steph Curry hadn't scored. And I was like, that's not good. Right. For Houston. For Houston. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Steph is not going to stay scoreless the whole game. Yes. And I was like, this does not now look. This is obviously a Golden State Warriors team that was without Kevin Durant. Steph Curry is scoreless and in the first half and playing with three fouls. So he's in foul trouble. He can't yes. be as aggressive as he wants to be. And y'all are tied. 
to me, that was a loss already for Houston. Mm -hmm. And I was very concerned. Now, could Houston turn it on in the second half? Maybe, but I just didn't think the things voted well for them. Now, going into the fourth quarter, they were up, I believe, five, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. They were about maybe five points. Something like At that, one yeah. point, they even had to lead to seven. Mm -hmm. And Golden State just answered. And here's the thing where I got scared in the second half. The Golden State role players, they were playing good. Yeah. Livingston was playing good. Looney was playing good. Uh, you saw Livingston's dunk? Yes. Oh, my God. Looked like <laughs> looked like he's playing for the Nets six years ago or something. Or the Clippers. Or the Clippers. Uh, 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It was – he who has not been good for most of the second half of the season and the yeah, playoffs. he's definitely struggling. He came up big in that game. Mm -hmm. And when their role players were out playing Houston's role players, their being Golden State – I said, no, nah, this is a problem. So I wasn't surprised at what happened in the end. Yeah. Steph went nuts. Some of the shots he hit were ridiculous. If you're Houston, this is bad. Mm -hmm. This is worse than the Game 7 loss the year before, in my in my eyes. You had no injuries. You had no injuries on None. your side. Mm -hmm. Their best player is gone. I know this is a stacked Golden State team, but you had to, and their guards but were injured. But still, it's like... It, you got to get the job done on your home court. Right. You got to get the job right. done. Right. That, that's what I was going to get at. It's like you have Durant out. You have DeMarcus Cousins out. You have this golden opportunity to really, you know, at least push this to seven games on your home floor. And at worst, the playing field is even with DeMarcus Cousins out with Kevin Durant out. But you could argue that Houston may have a little more talent. I probably wouldn't, but... That's neither here or there. But you got to win that game. You have to. Like, that's the thing. You, you win have that game. to. Like anybody would say that. Anybody yeah. would say like James Harden will tell you that that they should have won that game. You know what I mean? But where was James Harden? Your boy. Mm, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> this was part of the reason Brian was yelling about a discussion about James Harden. Look, look the f full disclosure. Again, I'm going to repeat what I said last <laughs> night, and I'm going to repeat this. Uh, probably a couple more times throughout this because you're going to lose sight of this as we're having no, a discussion. No, we don't need to hear this J again. James Harden's a great player. He's the sixth best player in the NBA, all right? He's the sixth best player in the NBA. Okay. Do I need to get into the top five? No, I don't need okay, to. Okay, fine. No, no, no. <laughs> but yesterday, one shot in the final eight minutes. Not a good job. After a slow start where he was six of 17 or six of 18, I forget. And then he had that stretch where he was five for seven, so he was pretty good like in the third quarter. And then in the fourth, and this is a recurring thing with him. In the playoffs, where a lot of guys drop off, as we mm -hmm. were just talking about. A lot of guys drop off from the regular season to the playoffs. And, you know, uh, schemes are different. You're playing the same teams over and over. You're playing harder defenses. You're playing better teams and things of that nature. But with him, it's kind of severe, especially in terms of his efficiency. Now, it's hard to say that he didn't hold up his end of the bargain last night, considering that he had 35 points, you know, like a typical James Harden performance. But one shot in the final eight minutes? Yeah, but here's where it looks bad. You bring up the one shot in the final eight minutes, and in those final five minutes, I think Steph Curry went Oh nuts. yeah, I forgot what his numbers are. Oh, yeah. But they were pretty impressive. On, on James Harden's home James Harden's home, home floor. Court, a couple shots on Harden. Yeah. 23 points in the fourth quarter. It doesn't look good. Once, Chris Paul was coming up big late. Chris Paul was great in that game. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. He but which I wasn't surprised. It was a who didn't have a pretty really good series. But he neither did Curry. Yeah, the two players who true. didn't have a good series came up when it counted. Yeah. If your point is this is how you make your money, per, so to say, in the playoffs, he didn't make his money when it counted. But right? he, like, the thing is with Harden is that he he hasn't. He's a career forty two percent shooter from the field in the playoffs. Right, and like, he's, <laughs> he's also had uh, someone that. who's very efficient in the regular season. Like this, this is what he does. This is what it's been. <laughs> now, I think when he doesn't get those same calls that he gets during the regular season. 
But nobody this is does. What, right. Yeah. But with him in particular, because, again, a lot of his game is predicated on getting those calls and getting to the line more often than anybody else. When that doesn't happen at the same success rate in the playoffs, things aren't as good for the Houston Rockets. Because if it was, I mean, they th- probably wouldn't that series. I mean, the pr- I can't disagree with that point. The proof, the proof is there that it hasn't been good for them for the style that they play. Yeah. Specifically, if you talk about James Harden's style and sort of being able, which I think he's a master at. I think he's an absolute master at being able to create the contact and get the fouls and all and that. And exploiting the, the yeah. rules that are all geared however, toward the offense. However, I think there's two things. You're not, you're not going to get those calls from the refs in the playoffs. And secondly, you also are playing consistently better defenses where there are no back-to-backs and teams are able to scout for you and just your team. Coaches have to exactly. worry about this game and the next game. Yep. It's just your team for seven games maximum. They're going to scout you. They're going to see all your weaknesses. Everything is going to be exposed. Yeah. Look, and on top of that, the you know guys. That's why guys like Kevin Durant, who still do it in the playoffs, are are, like, are on another level. LeBron James, but here's the thing: weaknesses can be exposed. People have targeted Steph Curry in the playoffs, yeah. defensively, and he did not have a good series. But what I, again, my point is, you make your money when it counts by what you do in the clutch moments. Steph Curry showed up in Game Six on the road, mm-hmm. okay, and showed up on the road. In a game where he was scoreless in the first half, first half, there's not a better way you could come up than what he showed there. Without Kevin Durant. Without and Kevin Durant. And DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> and right now somebody will say that's the difference, a huge difference between where the Warriors are and where the Rockets are. Now, the question I have for you is if you're where the Rockets are after this, where do you go? Mm. Because I was talking to one of my boys. We were texting last night, and he's like, you gotta break, you got to break up this team. Mm. And I'm like, how do you do that, though? That's the thing. See, like, yeah, sure. You probably would want to break it up or at least make some sort of severe change. But look, I ain't taking that Chris Paul contract. I even if I'm Washington, I'm not taking that Chris Paul contract. If you wanted to swap Chris Paul and John Wall, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? If I'm Houston, you kind of have to go after it again. You kind of have to fortify your bench and hope that you can find a couple diamonds in the rough and go after it again, surrounded by, you know, a team surrounded by James Harden. But, like, I... I don't know what you can do when James Harden, interestingly enough, I don't know if you saw what he said post game, but he he was like, uh, they asked him, what do you think? And he said, I know what I need to do. Yeah. No, he said, I I know what we need to do. I think he was talking like from the team's perspective. And then he, you know, obviously didn't say what. Well, then they asked him what he needs to do. And he said, I'm going to keep that to myself. Yeah, it was very cryptic. So I'm like, hmm, somebody's getting out of there. (laughs) I don't know if it's Clint Capella or something like that, but hey. Uh, I, I, maybe they're going after well, somebody well, Clint that Capella, we don't know about. But. Clint Capello's a good player. He can't play in, against the, the Warriors. That's the problem. I don't think he, man, uh, well, first of all, he did not have a good playoff series against the Warriors. Because he's not, he's he, because the Warriors did the smart thing and they went to the death lineup to start, and he can't play against that lineup. He they, cannot play. They need a better big down there is what I probably think. He, Clint, see, the big problem with that is, Clint Capella is pretty good, and he's right. going to be pretty good against most other lineups. But for the most part, he's a defensive stopper and a rim runner, whereas— Which is fine—which, hey, that's good against most other lineups. Yeah. Except for Golden State, you can take that—take you off the floor with that. But, like, if you switch it, right, let's say, let's say DeMarcus Cousins was on the Rockets and he was healthy. Well, also, here's another thing. If DeMarcus Cousins was playing in the series, then Clint Capella would have been able to play more in the series. Well, I don't know if that would have been a good thing for the Rockets because DeMarcus Cousins would have been out there. You see well, what I'm saying? Yeah, and he can stretch the floor, but it allows Clint Capella to stay on the floor and I feel like have more of an impact than he could have when they played the death lineup. The death lineup pretty much 
no, you know, kill them. Kills, <laughs> it kills Clint Capella. Right. Like, he can't play out there. He Let literally me, can't play out there. I'm going to pull up their uh, salaries because, they, they, first of all, they have over $100 million tied up into their starting five yep. alone. Yep. Um, I told you, like, as much as I like Chris Paul, I'm like, I would never sign him to that contract just because I would never sign anyone except for probably LeBron James that age to any contract like that. That's four years and, I don't know, 160-ish million or something you like that. you got three years left on that deal. And he's 35. And I, I – Look, like, I'm not doing Chris that. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players of all time. I love him. I think he's gutsy. I think his playoff criticisms, I think this is where people need to shut up on that. He showed up last night. Don't give me anything about Chris Paul. Didn't show up. He showed up all through last year's playoff series before he got hurt. He was huge. That's what I was going to say. But just for some reason, we have this thing where, like, look at the way even LeBron James is perceived now. Like, guys get hurt, and then it's like, oh, you know, they, they get, they're, like, susceptible to more criticism because of that. And I don't like that. I agree, and I think some of that's ridiculous with LeBron. LeBron had one injury he's had in his career. I think LeBron's going to come back next year and so Chris kick Paul, everybody's ass. Chris Paul, I agree with that. Chris Paul, even though he's going to be 35 in He's December. still going to do it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and if anyone could do it, there's your guy. Chris Paul, $38.5 million next year. And forty one point four the year after, and forty four <laughs> the year after that. Well, which is a player option. And look, he's <laughs> opting in. Yeah, at thirty seven, thirty eight is. But then after he's that, he's gonna you be have, what thirty seven, and somebody's gonna pay you forty million. I'm. Gonna, he's not gonna say come no. On. He's gonna say no come to that. on, what other sport? Come on, man. James Harden uh, will make thirty eight next year, and interestingly enough, he apparently only made thirty point five million this year. Damn, so that's here, a big here's, here's then the from thing. there you got Clint Capella signed till 2023. Eric Gordon has another year left, and Montchamper's a free agent. PJ Tucker's got a couple years left. Nene said he's going to retire, so he's not going to make his 4.8 million next year. But still, like who? And that's another thing. When you go down this roster, like a lot of these guys are going to be expiring contracts, so you're going to have to spend a little bit of money try to fortify your bench again. But well, you got to think about resigning the guy, uh, the kid House. Yeah, yeah Daniel House, yeah, yeah, who they try to keep in the G League, and well, they kind of need him. But yeah, they do. But you look at all these other guys; it's like there's they're, they don't have trade pieces. Like I know we say Daryl Morey is going to figure it out, and he always makes some sort of trade. But I'm like, hey man, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be the case. They've traded a lot of first round picks in the last couple of years. They don't do they have? The, I don't even know if they have their own first this year. Gonna, I want to say no. I'm going to look that up. I actually want to say they do not have their own first this year. Um. There's not a lot of ways you could improve that team. Now, maybe you could trade Clint Capella to somebody who would want him. That has to be the guy because you're not you're not trading Chris Paul. And you're going to say that <laughs> we're going to go because one thing you did see from the Rockets though in this series, to, if I'm going to say there's some light at the end of the tunnel, when they played small against the Warriors, mm, they didn't look bad. I don't know if they have their own pick. I don't think they have a I don't, pick. I don't think they do. So uh, it looks like that pick is in Cleveland. They tr- in the Alec Burks, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin trade. Oh, fantastic trade. <laughs> um, Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and oh, that the was first just... round pick from Houston went to Cleveland. What did they get back in it? Uh, a second round pick? Wait. Yeah, I think so. That was just more of a dump. Yeah. They were trying to get on the luxury tax. They were trying to get rid of Brandon Knight. And get on the luxury tax. Yeah. That's what that move was about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And I do remember they had Marquise Chris, who I thought would be better. That's unfortunate. Uh, their second round pick is actually with the Knicks, which is interesting. It, from the Pablo Prigioni Alexi Shved deal. Oh, one of the all time <laughs> deals. Oh, uh, great. Um, Nets assistant coach Pablo Prigioni, by the way. Yeah. I don't know where Alexi that was. Shved I is. mean, Pablo had good years for the Knicks, so that was not a bad trade. Right. So, I mean. I mean, you got a second round pick? Wait, was that. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's when the Knicks dumped Pablo Prigioni and Shved to the. Yeah, they traded him to the Rockets. Yeah, yeah okay. they got Shved. Wasn't Shved all right for like eight games or something yeah, like the, that? Okay, a lot of people been all right for the Knicks for eight games. <laughs> I've seen that before. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. <laughs> well, he was more. He's a little more than that. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. We've I seen know. a lot of people being all right for the Knicks for eight games. Well, the Rockets do have their first round pick from 2020. Okay, so there's that. Um, it, it, look, it's just there's not a lot. There's not a lot in the cupboard right now. There's not a lot for them. They, they, they don't have a lot in the cupboard. I don't know. That's not even an attractive first round pick. So it's like <laughs> there's not a lot. I don't know. And they're not. They're not trading James Harden. Obviously, you know what I mean. I mean, you no. can, you can get a king's ransom for that dude. Probably you could, but, but, but you're but not like, going to trade a, a your yeah. best player who's 29. Yeah, especially when it's like, look, they're especially if you're looking at it from their perspective. If you're the front office, you're like, yo, we're still close. Like, we're still close. We just, again, got to find some diamonds in the rough, try to get really creative in free agency, mm-hmm. maybe try to bring some gem from overseas, you know, to sign a mini-mid-level. I don't know. They have to figure out what they're going to do. Uh, and, you know, maybe maybe they acquire a draft pick and try to nail somebody late, and maybe he can contribute right away. I have no idea. But they got to do something. And It's going to be interesting all but here's, season. But, but, but let's keep it real, though. They're not They're not winning a championship with this group. I don't. I, think, just, I just don't. See I don't it. see it either. And I don't even know if they're going to get to the finals. And while Golden State is going to sort of regress a little bit when Kevin Durant leaves, as expected and as is as anticipated, uh, other teams are going to get better. And all these teams in the East, none of them are really going away. That's the other thing, except Boston, the Celtics. I mean, we're talking, this is about the teams who who are out. Um, I'd love to go back to our preseason episode. I don't remember who we picked for the finals. I did. I had Celtics in the finals. I don't I remember. I, I don't remember if I had the Celtics. I really I, don't. I did. I had Celtics. I feel like I might have picked uh, somebody else. I feel like I might have picked the Raptors. I the Raptors, who I switched my pick to before the playoffs, but the Celtics is who I had before the season. I don't know. I gotta check. And in our episode with Howard Beck. He also thought the Celtics would win about sixty-five games. So did I. That was we the both, expectation. We both were. Really wrong. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> but in the- fairness, in fairness, how could you not think that one leading into the season, given all the talent they have, and two, that was sort of the common thought I, at that time. I still think there were people that thought they were going to win more than sixty. I still games. think the talent, the talent on their roster, should have been better than anybody in the East. The problem is Gordon Hayward. We, I don't think anybody anticipated it would take him this long to get back. You saw some signs on the playoffs of him coming back. I think he'll be fine next year. I also think Jason Tatum got a little too much credit for last year. I don't and think that's, that's the thing. I, and I think some of that went to his head, and he, then he started doing dumb stuff like taking long twos, which is a whole nother listen, thing. That listen, listen, listen. Like. We got to get to Gerard Hector's uh, yeah, we'll contribution. Have to, that actually, but he I'm, he may or may not have touched on on Jason Tatum working out with Kobe this summer. I don't know because I haven't heard it, and we're going to react to this in real time. But I don't know um, if he did or what he said. But the Celtics got knocked out. This is just a recap for everybody. Four to one to the Milwaukee uh, Bucks. I foolishly. Picked the Celtics to win in seven, um, and I got a little bit gassed and hyped off of their game one win. Pick Boston. I picked Milwaukee in seven. Yeah, I picked this. I thought Celtics. I thought Celtics oh, defense. You think good. you got gassed after the game one win? What about our boy Paul Pierce? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> he, he, he went a little bit too far in. Now there is somebody who's been on this podcast who said to us. They did not think the Celtics were going to be this good. They did not think they were going to do this good this year. He's been consistent all year. (laughs) He thought Brad Stevens was getting way too much credit. He's been on it. It's our boy Gerard Hector, and he had this to say. I have not listened to his comments on this. Me either. um, At all whatsoever. So we're listening to this for the first time. But this is what he had to say about the Celtics getting knocked out in the second round to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I know, Gerard, you believe there's going to be a lot of problems. This is Gerard Hector, 7 yes, it podcast, is. and I got a message from my boys over at 
ain't hard to tell. I told you the Celtics weren't going to be good in the playoffs this year. The great Brad Stevens couldn't get it done when it mattered. Now, <laughs> all jokes aside, there's blame to go around everywhere. Kyrie and the players were not very good. Brad wasn't very good. Danny Ainge wasn't very good. Top to bottom, it was a disastrous season for the Boston Celtics. They came into the year thinking, we're going to win 60-plus games, roll to the Eastern Conference, and get to the NBA Finals. That didn't happen. And a big reason why was team chemistry was off, offensive execution down the stretch was off, and their defense, plain and simple throughout this playoffs, was not very good. Again, part of that's on the players. Kyrie was a big reason for that. Jason Tatum not making uh, the leap that everybody expected. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown was up and down all year. Kyrie Irving was a huge part of that. Not being able to get himself acclimated with the team correctly, although that's a little bit overblown in my opinion. The team did win all those no, games it's not. last year before he got hurt. He got hurt right before the playoffs. So it isn't like they never got used to playing with Kyrie. The big thing is Brad Stevens. Brad <laughs> oh, what a shock. is good at X's and O's. Possibly even great. But that's only one part of coaching. There's much more that goes on to that. Mainly, how do I get teams to work together? How do I deal with attitudes in the locker room? How do I get guys to subjugate their egos, buy into, a, buy into a larger team goal? That is a huge part about coaching, people management. So many of these basketball nerds and hipster Twitter will look <laughs> at analytics and think that's all that matters. And it's still a game that is played by people, and you have to know how to manage people in order to do well. One thing that the great coaches in the history of this game have done, Phil Jackson's, your Red Arrow Baxter, Greg Popovich's, they understand people and how to get them to do what they need to do, how to get them to subjugate ego. Brad could be good. He could be on his way to being one of the greats, but he's not there yet. Not quite. You want to talk about people's voices being gone after no, last night? That's the same thing I was going to say. So for, for those people, for those you people, you thought I got it back. Yeah. Now we got to put some respect on my name. I was going to say the same thing. I was like, "Yo, man, uh, Gerard, the homie, he was actually out with us at this establishment last night. Yeah. And he sounds like he needed a cough drop and some tea. <laughs> Definitely. Because he, yeah, he, he, well, because two of you were yelling at each other. No, this no, is no. What that's, happens. that's not, we were having a, a lively discussion. Okay. All right. A, <laughs> a, passion, civil, a, a civilized, lively discussion. It was civilized. I'm not saying it was yeah, anything that's true. other than that. That's true. But no, notice I got my voice. My voice is fine. Yeah, my voice is fine too. Now, I'm good now. Tea. I Gerard need tea. Did, Gerard didn't have that tea. <laughs> Um, a couple things that Gerard said that I, I do want to touch upon. You know, he's been on the Brad Stevens gets too much credit train, which I do agree with him. And I've kind of been on that train with him yeah. uh, for quite some time. And I will agree with him that I do think the sentiment that the blame has to go around is absolutely true. You can't just focus it. A lot of the fall has come on Kyrie. And I will get to Kyrie in a second. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to this. Yeah, yeah, you've been waiting for this. <laughs> um I do think it's disappointing the way the Celtics obviously finished this season. I do think that they had a ton of talent. I do think a lot of it has to do with something Gerard said, is, which is about the managing of, of players and egos. I think there were a lot of egos. You had guys that had, when Kyrie and Gordon Hayward were out last year, they played major minutes. Mm -hmm. They were a game away from being in the finals against LeBron and the Cavaliers. Some of those guys had to make sacrifices and reduce their roles. Mm -hmm. Scary Terry. Yeah. Okay. Jalen Brown. Yeah. To some degree, Jason Tatum. Yeah. How do you think those dudes felt about coming back and Gordon Hayward not really putting up good numbers and he's taking their minutes? And I'm, making all that money when they're trying to play for contracts. Yeah. And I'm looking at that person like, I'm better than him. Yeah. And 
it's fine. Now, I do think Gordon Hayward was getting back and getting his footing, and I think Gordon Hayward will be fine. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of what a lot of us underestimated, I was saying earlier, is that that was going to take him some time yeah. just to get back to where he was. Some of that could be on Brad Stevens because you should have known not to put him in the starting lineup that soon, perhaps. That's fair. You know? But then you wonder how much pressure is there from the fan base and management that we're paying this guy whatever million dollars a year. He's got to play. That's not a reason. That's not an excuse. But yeah. I just wonder if that exists. Yeah. I don't know. I think. I think. I also think with Boston is that Danny Ainge was trying to play a video game. What he was trying to do is assemble the most talented roster imaginable and not really account for, oh, personalities on the team, mm-hmm. as sort of Gerard mentioned, right? And then they're also sort of in the middle of, oh, we want to win now and then we want to win later. But then you have guys on the team who are still developing, so you're kind of stunting their growth because now you've got Kyrie and Gordon Hayward taking minutes for them and all this stuff that they didn't account for. I don't think that they managed it well. I don't think that they played particularly well. Kyrie Irving shot 38.5% from the field in these playoffs. Ooh. 38.5%. And his numbers in the Milwaukee series were not good. 31% from three in these playoffs. He missed and fifteen, at least 15 shots or more in the last three games. And everyone wants to tell me about how great he is. See, and I'm telling see, you. And I, think, and I think he is great, but I think LeBron James saved him from being Stephon Marbury. Yo, first of all. And Stephon Marbury is great. Don't disrespect First my boy, all, Stephon Marbury. No, ever. I'm not. But what I'm saying is that Kyrie Irving, for the majority of Stephon Marbury's career, he was a great player on mediocre teams or a great talent on mediocre teams. No. I think Kyrie Irving was destined for the same thing had LeBron James not returned to Cleveland. And then he got this reputation of being a winner and you know being clutch in the playoffs because he hit that one big shot. And yeah, he that, had some other big shots. And that distorted. But that one big shot. No, but that one counts. in particular is the Propelled one that. him to another yeah, level. Yeah. And everyone sort of, oh, now the perception is that he's a winner. He's great. He's this. When it's like, yo, you put other guys in that same position, they'll hit that shot too. Uh, you don't not know, any yeah, other you don't dude. Know that. Not any other dude. But your boy Kemba Walker would. Damian Lillard too. But Damian Lillard is better than Kyrie. Right. Now people are saying that. Before that wasn't the case. But I thought he was better than Kyrie before we even had the Kyrie Kemba debate. I thought he was better. And I and remember, I'm not even saying Kemba Walker's better than Kyrie Irving, but what I'm saying is they're on the same level and I'd rather take Kemba Walker because I'm getting the same production without the headaches. Now, I'm you're bringing up the point that I want to address. Brian made this point before episodes in ago. February. In February. I just want to get that I kind of people. I will say this, I'll be <laughs> honest about it. If you go back and you Watch the podcast, listen to the podcast. I was kind of on the, son, you bugging. Yeah. That's the kind of vibe I was on. Yeah. I've come back a little bit. I, I've I, I've often been accused of, you know, of I, such I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not completely off of where I'm going, but I've brought this back a little bit based on some things I've seen in the postseason. If I made my comment earlier in this podcast that the postseason is where you make your money, it's kind of where you make your name, it's the things that matter. As much as I want to account for the stuff that happened before, which we do have to count and factor in, as you're trying to mention, with LeBron James, that Kyrie hit these shots, that were these big shots. And I don't think you can take those things that are away, away from him. However, when you you know when you go from being the sidekick to being the man. Which he wanted. What he wanted, and yeah. I respect him for wanting that. Yeah. But sometimes it also may look right now like you're not really doing it that well. Mm-hmm. That's the problem here. That's point number one. Let's get to the leadership thing. Mm-hmm. Kyrie wanted to be a leader. I do think he's was kind of in this tough situation with what you made an excellent point about with Danny Ainge playing a video game and thinking about putting this roster together of talented players and not thinking about the egos and how players mesh yeah. or would players be upset about the minutes being lost and all these other stuff and thinking that players would just quote-unquote fall in line. 
Kyrie's coming and trying to be a leader and motivate these young dudes and understand. And he admitted to give him fair point. He admitted this. It wasn't as easy as he thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I have a lot. I appreciate of, that. I have level a of lot transparency. of. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of respect for him for admitting that. <clears throat> However, people looking at you with what you're getting paid and what you possibly could get paid this offseason to be like, are you the kind of guy that can lead the team? Especially as an expiring contract. contract. Can like, you get the job done? Based on what we saw this season uh-huh. and in this playoffs, Kyrie has not shown me that he can effectively lead. Now, I don't know if Kemba Walker is – I've heard good things about him being a leader. I don't know if he's a great leader. I know he's a good team guy. Mm-hmm. See, this is the difference I want to be honest. Kemba Walker might not be the leader that Damian Lillard is. He might not be the leader that Stephen Curry is. And maybe he doesn't have to be. People have different styles of leadership. Yeah, I was going to say. However yeah. – the thing that concerns me with Kyrie and why I'm walking it back a little bit, what concerns me now is you're going to have bad shooting series. That's going to happen. It's the other stuff that comes with Kyrie, the mm-hmm. stuff you hear about him being moody, the things you hear about him having these different mood swings. If anybody's played sports, organized sports, you know that if you're dealing with some moody person on your teams, even if you're employers, now you don't have to like all your coworkers. I know that. <laughs> You don't have to like all your coworkers. That that does happen. But nobody wants to deal with these coworkers that they don't like. You don't want to show up and have to deal with it. I've been in situations like that where you don't want to be around these coworkers that you don't like. You look, you still have to be professional, get the job done, but it can affect the we team. We both have been in those situations. Yes, we both have been in those situations. <laughs> um, we're not calling we're not calling any names, not right. saying anything about that. But we both have been in these situations. Now, before I get into more than that, I think it was interesting. Jared Dudley was on Get Up early this week, and he had this to say about Kyrie Irving and his effects in the locker room. I don't want fancy suit. Get up, Jared Dudley here. Yeah. I want I want the guy that talks to everybody in the league. Yes. What do dudes say about Kyrie, the teammate? As a teammate, they say he's a different cat. That's the word they use. You know, that's a, you know. You have a smile on your yeah, face. No, it, it, because you know what? Like, why is it tough? Why is it tough to get along with this guy? Well, they, they say his mood swings. That was a big thing. I heard a story, obviously, when it, when it, when it happened to uh, during the playoff run. Uh, he didn't talk to his teammates for about three, four weeks. I, you know, I heard that in Cleveland. Last year. Uh, I don't know if it was last year. Well, last year he didn't show up. Remember he didn't show yeah. up and everybody told us it wasn't a big deal? That he I, actually think, I actually think it was the year they won the championship where he didn't talk to someone for like a yeah, week, right, 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 yeah, right, for right, a month. Right, yeah. And so, you know, that's just different. And then you see how he, inter- how he answers questions. I've never had him for a teammate, but that that's really the rep around the league. Talented player, a little moody, hard to get along with. But you know what? You'll take him on your team because of how talented he can be and what he can win. Isn't that kind of Marbury-ish? Like, based on, like, what the same things that people were saying about him when he was in the league, too? Yeah, those are some of the stuff, some of the things that that went around. Here's the thing. And that was one of my favorite players growing so, up, full disclosure. So, me, too. Yeah. And was one of my favorites to watch growing up. Yeah, absolutely. And I would love to hear now older Stephen Marbury what he thinks about himself then and what he may even think about Kyrie now. Mm. But... Kyrie, if this what Jared Dudley is saying is true, and I have no reason that a veteran of Jared Dudley's status would not know what the word is around the league about him mm-hmm. and how he is, bruh, you're not talking to your teammates for three to four weeks during the playoffs? Yeah. What? Yeah, as a leader? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, if you want to be role player who doesn't want to talk to your teammates for three to four weeks, nobody cares. But if you're trying to be that dude and nobody, you don't talk, you can't, you can't. For someone to be injured while the team is having a great deal of success and then come back and want to be the leader while there's all these rumors about you playing with Team X and Team Y and, mm-hmm. you know, being in free agency and you have one year left on that contract. It's very difficult 
to to sell me if I'm Terry Rozier or Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to sell me that you're gonna lead me to the promised land yeah. after we did what we did last year without you. So with all that being said, this is where I'm at now. We had this Ky- Kyrie and Kemba debate, and I might have to come back and agree with Ryan that maybe the bang for your buck that you're getting and the talent with Kyrie. I still think Kyrie can hit big shots. I still think he's better than what he performed against Milwaukee. I do think his talent yeah, is better Yeah, I don't disagree that. with that. But I do have to look at it objectively and say, how does he affect the team? How is he affecting younger guys? Can he effectively lead? And I don't know that. And when I don't know if you can lead, and I know that you've had a bit of an injury history, what I'll say to that is, are you worth max dollars? Not may not, not that I may not want to pay you, not may I want you to play on my roster. Right. I might want that. I do think if he's paired with the right guy, it can work well. A LeBron James, a yeah. Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, LeBron James is the right guy for most yes. players, but, but I know do, what you're saying. But do you want him to be the face of your franchise? Mm-hmm. If you're a team like the Brooklyn Nets and you don't want to mm. be signed D'Angelo Russell, is this a guy you want to go and pay? Oh, boy. Right? What, well, and I said, and I tweeted this this week, that will be inconsistent to what their message has been in terms of team first and culture, culture. and things like that. Uh, not that Kyrie doesn't seem like a Nets culture guy, but... I have reasons to believe that he may not be or he may be. I don't know because he has mood swings. He doesn't – he's not really – it doesn't really make sense to me that you they can, would go after him. I think you can ha- – people are going to have mood swings, and I, I don't expect everybody to be the same way. And I think people have to be different That's within true. a team. But when you lead, you have to show up. And part of showing up – is talking to your teammates. Yeah, yeah. That's a different See, thing. It's, yeah, it's not so much the mood swings. No, I don't really care. Yeah, because that, that, that Some happens. Some days I'm not feeling good. Right, that happens a But I got to show up and do my job. Yeah, but when you're not talking to you, when you're not, like, imagine if we were doing the podcast and never communicating. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen next week. Like, I will like talk we... to you. <laughs> like, y'all not like, feeling it this well, week. Well, the draft lottery is coming up. So yo, <laughs> yo, after that episode, I don't know. I don't know, man. After the draft lottery, you might I, might be zero dark thirty for me. You, you might not. Nobody may see me, depending but, on how it goes. Right. Everybody can see me, or nobody can see me. Can you imagine that? Out of the whole week, I'm just like, I'm gonna call out of work. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Well, that that'll 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 test you a little yeah, bit. But, but we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Not for messing up my money. That's for sure. That's not but gonna happen. We, yeah. But with. But with Kyrie Irving, so so you're you're in the school of I've walked it back. I'm I think he's dropped down a notch in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I still will put him a notch over Kemba Walker. I still will take him a notch over. How much is a notch? I'm trying like Yo, the know. notch looks like this, man. <laughs> the line if you can't if you're watching the podcast, because I'm like I, I, it's like, like you know what somebody says a little a pinch, like a right, pinch of I'll salt. Do it like this. That's what it's like. If Kyrie Irving's overall in two K is a ninety, what's Kemba Walker's? Eighty seven. Mm, that's too much. Eighty eight. Don't feel eighty eight. No, I, I, I think they could both be like in that eighty eight, eighty nine range at the same time. And Damian Lillard's probably in ninety ninety one. Probably ninety. He's ninety three. Yeah, I was gonna say probably ninety two, ninety three. Yeah. <laughs> well, full disclosure, we are recording this. We should say this. We are recording this right before Game Seven. Yes. Uh, but it doesn't matter. That's not gonna change my opinion. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because Golden State is gonna go to the finals anyway. I'm just saying that for people who want, uh, you know, Nuggets and Blazers and maybe something crazy happened that we missed it. It doesn't matter because Golden State is going to the finals, and I got the Raptors going to the finals, and they're already in the conference finals. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, so that's, I'm saving. I'm saving. That's my gonna be. Right that's gonna be interesting. And when you tune into our, our upcoming podcast, we, we will get more into the conference finals talk. But obviously, the the, the teams that lost 
Um, here we're talking about the Rockets and the Celtics and the things around them. Mm-hmm. The bottom line here is they didn't get it done. That's it. There's no excuses about about it. The leadership on those teams, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, have to look at themselves. I think the Rockets situation is a little bit different. Where the Celtics go from here uh, in terms of them, because we talked about that with the Rockets, that's interesting. Anthony Davis, do you think so? I, a lot of it. The first, the first order of business is: Does Kyrie come back or not? I really think you can't. He's not coming back. I, I think I, I, I don't know that, but I think that. You know how I mad? Get, do you know how mad Celtics fans would be? You did a, you did a commercial in the beginning of the year talking about you want your jersey up in the rafters. Now it's not the first time somebody said something and then changed their mind. It's whatever. I'm kind of with you. I don't feel like how they're going to boo the hell out of him, whatever team he goes to. Because now, now Brian Windhorst is saying that he's that, that he might go to the Lakers, which, which been, you want. That's been my conspiracy <laughs> theory <laughs> all season long. You want that. You wanted that. <laughs> but but uh, let's say that were to happen or, you know, whatever team he goes to. When he goes back to Boston, they're going to kill him. Not literally. Hopefully not. Um, but they're going to like boo the hell out of him when he's at the Boston Garden at a TD Garden. It's gonna be it's gonna be like LeBron returning to Cleveland that first time. It's gonna be like that because Boston fans they they don't play and they're ready. They're gonna be ready to go. <laughs> now now does the team get better from here? That's what I want to know. It depends what they do if they go after Anthony Davis, as you mentioned him before. Mm. If, if it here's but, the thing: the East is not as weak as it was that year that uh, LeBron somehow got the Cleveland right. to the finals much last year. Now Toronto's there and Philly's there, well, and these teams aren't going anywhere. Well, if you're, what's, what's, what if Brooklyn had what's somebody? What's their team now? Who's their A player? Is it Kyrie? Is it uh, Kyrie Irving? Tatum. If he leaves, is Tatum? Yeah. Is, can't be Gordon Hayward. Maybe it takes the pressure off the young guys and they're able to do better. I don't know. Does Al Horford opt out? I know he's supposed to get almost thirty no, million. I don't know. It, like, yeah, which is hard for me to. See him doing it does does terry rosier what if what if he can get three years 60 million and he takes longer term money for more guaranteed like i don't you know what i'm saying you don't know there's a lot there's a lot there i don't know what celtics gonna look like but i think a lot of it starts with Kyrie. you say he's not coming back i'm not really sure what my opinion is on that i'd be like uh, shocked isn't even the word like (laughs) flabbergasted i'll tell you what floored i'm gonna tell you something right now as a nick fan I'm not sure I want him on the Knicks. <laughs> I'm not sure I want him on the Knicks unless it, here's the thing. If he's coming with KD, I feel a lot then better. You gotta about bite it. the bullet, yeah. If he's if he's if you're telling me there's gonna be him and somebody else, mm. don't trust that leadership right now. Don't trust that leadership. Would you like would you like uh Kemba and KD? Would have no problem with that. Who are the other point guards? Is that it? That's D'Angelo it. Russell. Oh, that'd be crazy. Imagine that if he went for the Nets to the Knicks. I wouldn't mind it. But probably not. I know you wouldn't mind it. Yeah. No. I mean, look. I mean, uh, you know what? I can't even get to that. I've said it before. Right. I can't get to that. Yeah. Right now, it's about May 14th about to- <laughs> and what happens. And that's it. Talk to me after that. Oh you guys will be able God. to hear from me in a podcast. You'll after be. That. You'll hear from me that night. I'm texting you regardless of what happens. No, 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 no. The phone is going to be off. Regard- <laughs> talking to nobody. I'm talking to nobody. You really wouldn't be fine with the third pick. Like, like, because we were talking about this. What, what do we do this losing for to get the third pick? No, I know, but I'm like, yo, I, th- to me, to me, there are three great players in this draft, <laughs> and they're at the top three. But I know you want the one, and yes. you didn't do as you said, you didn't want to do all this losing to not get the first overall pick. That's I totally right. get it, but because of the lottery and the way it's structured now, I'd be fine with John Morant too. Anything less than two is unacceptable. Okay, for me. I, I'm just warning you because the way I know you know this, but the way the lottery but is structured I'm not now, anything. the way the lottery is structured now, anything can happen. You it's, can you can go to four or five, not you know, pretty easily. You can do it pretty easily. If look, if if the Knicks are picking four or five, this will be a very interesting podcast episode. <laughs> I like I like Jared Culver. 
You don't like Jared Culver? I know you didn't do all that losing for Jared Culver. No, like, and he did not impress me enough from Texas Tech. I saw flashes, and there were things where I didn't like Don't go off the championship game, because he's much better than no, what he's he better than that. that. I and, watched, and Virginia's I watched, also really good defensively. Yeah, but... Because the game that the game that impressed me for Jared Culver, and I'm just bracing you just because you know, just in case. But the game that impressed me for Jared Culver though was actually at Madison Square Garden when they played against Duke and Zion and everybody, and he, he took it. Man. He took it. To I saw that highlights team. from that. Like he was. That was when there. I was like, oh man, like he's really like. And a lot of people came out to see Zion that day, but probably walked away learning about who he was because I didn't know too much about him after last season. I knew a little bit about him. I saw him play a lot more this year, and that game. Even before that, he was sort of projected as like a late lottery pick late type of dude. Him, yeah. And then you see, started seeing him more on TV. His stock started to rise. So I think he's somebody that well, Nick fans may need to prepare for. Well, <laughs> you can laugh about all, all that said. You know what? I know this, this, this is the theme of this episode. We talked about the Rockets got to get it done. Yeah. We talked about the Celtics got to get it done. Yeah. NBA, for the Knicks fans, <laughs> you got to get it done. Here's the thing, though. Like, uh, I think a lot of people are going to say that the lottery is uh, a little funky if it's Knicks Lakers. Whatever, yeah. That, what if, those people could be mad. They'll be mad or whatever. But, but here's it's the not like the Knicks that's, have been getting that's, picks. That's, as a, from an entertainment standpoint, I kind of would be for that. I would like to see the Knicks and the Lakers get the top two spots. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> either order. They could be mad. It's not like the Knicks and Lakers have been getting Le- top spots in Le- the draft. LeBron and Zion. What? The Knicks, the Lakers, the Lakers getting it would upset me because the Lakers have had like what the last they've had two well, of the last. Three they're demonstrating picks. right now. They don't deserve it. But the way they're operating. Look. Free LeBron. Look. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Tuesday, May 14th. Yeah. Get it done. Yeah. Get it done. (laughs) Frozen envelope. Get it done. (laughs) That's all I care about. Just get it done. We spoke about booing recently and Kyrie going back to Boston and booing. There's a moment that happened on Twitter and you shared it with me and it is the absolute (laughs) boo moment of the year. Of the year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't even. It, it, I mean, there's probably other stuff. We're not going to play any of this, right? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to play any of this. However, Brian decides to send me a movie. That's often how these things start. I just. <laughs> sends, me, sends me this movie. And shout out to, uh, don't know who this person, their, their Twitter ha- handle. I do like their, their name. Irrelevant Legend. Juckshot underscore three. Shout out to you for tweeting this out. And exactly the title of what he tweets before he puts the trailer of this movie. (laughs) I don't even know why I'm laughing. He says, black women won't like this movie. I will take that a step further. (laughs) Black people won't like this movie. (laughs) All right? Because I watched this movie and it is... Well, the trailer. You watched the trailer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I won't ever watch this movie. First of all, when I watch some of this movie and it's an indie film, and I'm just not me taking you know a, a dump. We're all about supporting films. independent. I like. I watch a lot of indie good films. independent films, Absolutely. media. Yeah, you Absolutely. know, we're all, if you listen to this podcast, uh, you know, we're all about that. So it's a movie called um, Lucretia. All right, or Lucretia. Lucretia. Yeah. All right, and the movie is from at least what I took from the t- from the, the trailer what I gathered about the movie is a movie, and I'm trying to find an actual description. Uh, it's funny. You, if you Google this right now, the first thing you will see is bad viral trailer. <laughs> like, yes, it's awful. It's it's really awful. I actually just looked at the movie poster. Also, really awful. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is the description of the movie. 
A white guy pretends to be a black female talk radio host and becomes a huge hit. <laughs> Could you imagine pitching that? Could you imagine pitching that and thinking that well, would be it, good? It, it played at a festival in somewhere, I think, in California. And it was an official selection. Yeah. <laughs> what, what festival was that again? I, 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 would, I would love to know, but uh, my, uh, my computer is not uh, cooperating right now because of the service. Uh, I'm going to find that while you... <laughs> again, I just want to read this again. This is the movie. A white guy pretends to be a black female talk radio host and becomes a huge hit. And the artwork is, uh, it's a white dude in between, like, could you sort of articulate this A splitting this head yeah. of, like, a black woman who looks to be shocked that a white dude was impersonating her. Successfully in the movie, I might add. If you watch the trailer for this movie, <laughs> if you choose to do this, okay, if you choose to do this, um, it is full of extreme stereotypes got it go ahead Lucretia movie uh, official selection at the San Luis Obispo International Film Festival what I learned from this <clears throat> is that anything can be can be selected at that festival <laughs> I mean why don't I just take my iPhone and go out and shoot pigeons fighting on the streets of New York and make that a movie <laughs> just as ridiculous why not what are you to call that one <laughs> um Pigeon fight. <laughs> You'll get in. You're good. Yeah, I'll, I'll get an official selection. First, like, first of all, the desire to make this movie. The I understand people got to eat, but the people who decided to act in this movie, especially, yeah, I'm shaking my head at some of the black people that decided. I was going to say, like, how do you? I am as a black man. I'm shaking my head at them. Right. I understand they got to eat though. Like, I get all that, but it's, but you could eat different ways. You can. I mean, the negative stereotypes that is around by this. Uh, white dude trying to be what he thinks would be a black woman in this as a radio host is so stereotypically offensive mm -hmm. it's not even funny and i think what this what this does in this movie is just like in any ethnicity or racial background there are complexities to people yep everybody is not the same yep I, all black women do not speak that way do not act that way there's these stereotypicals the head snapping the you know the director's blah gonna, blah blah you know the director's gonna say something about oh we're just trying to raise awareness to you know such and such and you know what we think oh i was wondering who the director was and it's the guy who's play. Who, the director is actually the guy who is the white guy in the movie that acts like the black woman he actually oh, so the he's the star jeremy seville yeah oh boy hey jeremy seville you suck <laughs> you like like seriously seriously like who? Like when did you think this was gonna be good? Why did you? Nobody asked after for he this. got into the film festival. <laughs> so they enabled us. Why? Did yeah, you, who like, thought yo. this was gonna be a good idea? Listen, as as we've said on this podcast in a number of different ways, stupid people get validated all the time, like, <laughs> or stupid things get validated all the time. Because I don't know if Jeremy Civil is actually stupid. Like I don't know. No, but I know this sucks. <laughs> Like, like, I, like, I, like, I don't know if he's stupid, but I know this sucks. Yeah, and I know nobody asked for this. Like, who, who wants this? I mean, hey, like, there, there are SoundCloud rappers that get famous every day. B. <laughs> to be fair, though, this is getting killed on Twitter. As it should. I mean, he's like, he's basically operating in blackface. Yeah, on the mic without being seen, right? Like that, or what he appears to do. Like this is it. Like this is literally it. Maybe there's some deeper meaning to this movie. That That's what I was going to catch I, the trailer. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. He's going to say that there's some deeper meaning into the movie. But that doesn't mean you do it. Like don't like. <laughs> that doesn't mean you go ahead and. I mean, even it. First of all, even the name of the film is Loquisha, right? Like 
And then you look at the, the poster and it's a white dude. <laughs> okay, so apparently I'm reading an article on this right now um, from the Philly Voice. And it's in what will likely trigger some serious deja vu for Philly sports radio listeners of a certain vintage. Uh-huh. A new comedy film ticketed to be released this July is based on a white man who calls a sports radio station and pretends to be black. This concept is eerily similar to a 2016 controversy in which the 97.5 The Fanatic producer fabricated a, flake, a fake interested, I said flake, <laughs> fake black character named Dwayne from Swedesboro to regularly call into Mike Miscellany's radio show. Like, what? There was a producer who did this on a radio show? Was like, I'm going to impersonate and be a black caller? And a big radio show. The Fanatic is huge in Philadelphia. That's their WFAN, essentially, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> or or ninety eight point seven. These are, I'm I'm just gonna I, I did not check out what people are saying about this on Twitter, but now I'm starting to see this. Oh, they're killing it. Laquisha movie borderline twenty nineteen minstrel show. Just missing the big painted lips and white gloves. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the new ah somebody agreeing with me. I didn't even see this. The new Laquisha movie is blackface in movie form. Yeah. Yep. Then there's another one that says Laquisha uh, exists in the subcategory of. <laughs> of crappy films of clearly wrong acts being treated as quirky romps as there is hardly any realism in the execution shout out to uh <laughs> who's a, who's a writer on this adam herman yeah for the philly voice shout out to him last line of his article this film was expected to premiere july 12 2019 why theaters will actually show it is totally unclear i thought he was just gonna say don't watch it <laughs> i mean i don't know why i don't know why anybody's gonna now go see it. now now let's go there <laughs> who's gonna watch this film and why are people gonna watch this film you sound like you wanna watch it cause you sound like you get a good laugh out of it no but I do wanna stand outside theaters and see who comes out from watching the film I don't I don't I don't like, who's actually like I'll go to I'll go to Regal Cinema on 14th Street right there or I'll go to Kaufman and Astoria and just stand outside and be like alright who's gonna come out of this theater after watching a quiz <laughs> You're not gonna do it. No, I don't. I I don't have time. Seriously, that's, <laughs> but, but seriously, but I do want to know. Like seriously, that I'm I'm not even saying this. Why like, don't you do a story on that? <laughs> that's not gonna happen. I don't have a weather time to do that. So that's not. Gonna that's happen. also true. That's, that's not also gonna true. happen. Unless, maybe, unless maybe people get uncomfortably hot in there <laughs> from watching such nonsense. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Like no. First look. I, I don't even say this about a lot of things. That's probably one of the worst trailers I've ever watched. You watch my face in real time watching the trailer. Yeah, it's so bad that it's kind of funny. Like It's so bad it's just bad. Yeah. But it's so bad that it's kind of funny. Like, people actually took... Because, look, these films take a long time to... I mean, you plan, you you know, we know how it goes with content. You you take months of planning. You have to get all these people together. You have to, you know, set up the scene and do all these things. And then it's like, after, like this probably took two, three years to film. <laughs> and it's and, a waste, it's and a waste of time. And well, I mean, they got to do a film festival. Like <laughs> that's the thing that's crazy about it is now I want to know the people at the at that film festival who who are the people that saw it and was like, you know what? Yeah, the ta- we'll, we'll take this on. The tagline for this movie is sometimes you need to be somebody else to find out who you really are. Ooh, I don't. First so of all, deep. no, you don't. Because, like, in social media, people are losing themselves every day because they don't know who they are. So, in fact, this movie is, like, the opposite of what we need as a society right now. The exact opposite. I have so many questions, but I kind of don't want the answers. (laughs) It's like... He, the dude was a director and the writer on this. Oh, yeah, he put he put in work. 
He put in work to make this thing go. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I talk, think this is a c- complete opposite of everything. You, you want to talk about an example of not getting it done? This is an example of not getting it done. I think this is also in part a reflection of our culture now in terms of like what, not our culture, but our, like just where we are now. And I think that he's maybe trying to capitalize on just going viral and getting attention and getting hot. And maybe he thinks that people will go see this just because it's so outrageous. And, you know, people can't look away from car accidents, as I often say. So. Oh, wait a second. You seem taken aback by another comment. <laughs> no, I was just trying to make sure it wasn't. It, it, I, I, no, it's. <sighs> this is one of these things. I, I don't really. Much I shouldn't more to, be laughing. I don't have much more to say about this that <laughs> I don't understand that this even exists. Yeah. I don't understand that it exists. Like in 2019. I'm, I am curious. I am curious. Uh, like. Maybe between now and July, if people care enough, they'll probably dig up some things from Jeremy's past, and that's what I'm interested in. in I'm not out. here for that digging culture. Like, I'm no, not here no, for that, not but... not not digging culture. But I do want to know certain things about maybe his thoughts on certain subjects. I feel like he didn't think about this at all. Like that's just me. I don't feel like he thought about anything. You feel like it's it. clear. Yeah, I feel like it's clear there was no thought in this. <laughs> if there was thought in it, you know, you know what this tells me? No, what, no just his views no, no, in no. general. You know what? No, no, no. I don't even care about his views. You know what? I, when I see things like this to the creator, you know what this tells me? Mm. You have no black friends. You have no black friend that could tell you. I mean, hey, I hey, mean, man, this might not be a good idea. I mean, either this that might or, be really offensive. Either that or his black friends are, you know. No, the, no, bec- no. Because he had a couple of them in the film. I'm like, I, hey, I don't they, know. They're not his friends. They're just trying to get a check. Or they could be his friends and they don't really, you know, they're kind of Candace Owens-ish. Maybe, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to feel more strongly about what I said. This man has no black friends. That's what I'm saying. None. Because nobody, nobody even remotely, or he had no friends of any other ethnicity that was like, hey, man, again. This might not be a good idea. Who's the woman whose head is split in two in the in the poster? That's I another question. Don't know. Who agree? You know what? Look, look. <laughs> she probably even know. She probably just take this picture and smile. It's probably how it went down. Oh. Yeah, that things go down like that a lot of times. Take this picture for this movie Ooh. poster and smile. You don't even know what you don't even know what you're smiling for. I mean, look, people love attention. Well, this right is- now, look, I'm glad to see that. I, I, sometimes I'm not happy to see everything get dragged, but this is getting dragged. This is awful. Uh, if you if you are going to see this, please message us. Let us know why you want to see this. I'm actually intrigued. Let us know. You you can even send in a video. I don't or think our audio audience. To, I don't think our audience. I don't think is so. See this. But if you are, I do want to talk to you on a podcast and respond to you as to why you would go and see Laquisha. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Bottom line is this movie's not getting it done. I hope you don't see it. I hope it doesn't see the light of day in any major theaters. I hope not. Nobody should see it. I'm sad for everybody who had to see the trailer, including myself. I mean, you're welcome. I just had to raise the awareness. I, I think, I think, I think your life is a little bit better not having watched that. Just so you know that that's out there in the universe. I, mean, I guess so. And I'm, I'm and and uh, sh- sh- look. Yeah, it's also evident that I spend too much time uh, on Twitter sometimes. Uh, Gerard Hector, who we also mentioned earlier in this podcast, when Brian tweeted this out, he had three words to say about this. Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> And that's exactly what he should say. And you saw what I said. I said, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. 
How, how about no to that? That's not getting it done. All right, time for numbers. Numbers are terrible today because we are at 79. I don't even know a couple of these people, but hey. Ooh, this is bad. Yeah, but I know who I'm rolling with. So I think good. I know I'm rolling with but too. Let me tell you something. When we get to the next episode, and I know the draft lottery may be great or terrible for you, but look, numbers for 80 may be the best we've ever had. Maybe the best we've ever had. Huh, interesting. Like, it, it is so good. Okay. <laughs> All right. And there's too but, many but, people. But, but my mood could be so bad. I think that'll cheer you up. Eh, probably not. All right. <laughs> 79. Oh, we'll start with uh, Ray Childress. Nope. All right, fine. Jacob Green. You remember who that is? No. He was a right tackle for the Jets, I believe, in like the 70s, 80s. Nope. Or is that Marvin Powell? That's probably Marvin Powell. I don't remember which one. Ruben Brown, Red Bryant, and Jose Abreu. That's who I'm going with. Jose Abreu. I actually really liked him when he played with the Phillies, even though I have really no love for the Phillies. No, not Bobby Abreu. Oh, not Jose Bobby Abreu. Abreu. Oh, Jose Abreu. Sorry. From the White Sox. White Sox. Oh, I was thinking. I was going back to Bobby Abreu. No, like, no. Jose like, Abreu, White Sox. Uh, White Sox. current player, player now. First baseman. Sorry. Yes. I totally messed up when I was thinking about the past. And I was thinking Although about I would be all here, all here for Bobby But Abreu I also well. do like Jose Abreu. Two-time All-Star. Yep. And he leads the majors, or at least the American League, in RBIs right now. Yeah. I almost wish he could go back and do six to give my, speaking of the White Sox, give my man Tim Anderson some love. What number is he? One? Six. Oh, six? Yeah. Well, we weren't doing it. Well, no, when we, we get to 106, six, we'll do it. Yeah. We but can I, do that. I'm Although getting, he's going to have some competition at six. He will. Yeah. He got, he got, he's got some good competition at yeah, six. Yeah, Jay Cutler. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Nobody in Chicago. Isn't either. there a quarterback that wore six that was really good, though? It ain't Jay Cutler. I know that for a fact. It's got to be somebody. Quarterback who wore six was really good? Yeah. None comes to mind right now. Oh, I guess not. Maybe I'm bugging. I don't know. Yeah, can't think about it. it. Ain't All Jay right. Cutler, though. This is uh, – that'll be Jose Abreu for this episode. All right, that's it for episode 79. You sound thrilled by that. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, though, 80? Oh, boy. I tell, you don't know what my mood could be like. I might not show up like Kyrie. I told wow. you. You might not hear from me for three to four weeks. Nobody will hear from me. Hey, um, dying for Zion. We'll see if it works. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not. I don't. That's the last year. But stay tuned to the next episode of the Hard Sell Podcast. <laughs> see whether Dexter will be happy or not about the next lottery pick. And, we'll, and unfortunately, we won't drop it right after. But it'll it'll be a couple days after. You'll get the you'll get the oh, raw reaction. Yeah, you. Yeah, you'll get the, you'll you'll get the raw reaction. It'll be it'll, later it'll, this week. It'll be later this week. All right, so that's it for episode seventy nine of the A Hotel Podcast. Be sure to uh, subscribe to us. Also support us on Patreon. Be sure to leave comments. Leave us a nice rating. That always helps too. If you leave comments or questions if you want the rating, that also helps as well. Um, be sure to support our other content that we have coming out. Uh, season three of the Sports Walk coming very very soon. I'll have more details on that. In the and more weeks. announcements coming as well. And more announcements coming in the coming weeks. And we have shirts. We have tank tops for the summer guys. You yes. should go get those. Gotta we get have some, we have shirts, merch. we have different designs. We're going to have new designs coming up soon. That yes. was one of the announcements I just, you know. So you just announced it. I just I just left Instead that out there. The but I didn't say with that. I didn't like we didn't post them. We didn't no, show what we didn't. they were. That's true. Yeah. That is true. So there's that. But just know we have a lot of stuff coming. A lot of stuff coming. All right, that's it for episode 79 for Brian Fonseca. I'm Dex Terry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.